You're now listening to Real Estate Journeys with Matthew Baltzell. Me on the top, man, I won't stop me. Me on the top, man, I won't stop me. Me on the top, man, I won't stop me. Me on the, me on the, me on the top. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Matty B, a.k.a. Matthew Baltzell, and welcome back to Real Estate Journeys, the exclusive podcast for real estate investors looking to scale to 100 units and become location independent. And on today's episode, we will be covering content creation and your brand. But before we do that, I want to share with you guys a little story that's happened in my life recently. So if you do not know, my wife is five months pregnant and we have not known the sex of our baby And we see all these people that are around us having similar due dates and they all knew their kids two or on the third month, maybe possibly fourth month. And we felt like we were missing out, but that all my wife and I will be having our first child. It is a boy and his name will be Maximus Baltzell. And I'm very excited about that. And we picked the name Maximus because one, we like the movie, the gladiator, but Maximus in Latin means the great. And like all parents, I feel as though my child is going to be the great. He's going to represent not only our family well, but he's going to be the next generation. And I, we're just very excited about it. And I just wanted to share that news with you guys and let you know a little bit more about my life and where it is right now. So I want to transition back to the podcast and let you know what my key takeaways from this episode were. So Josh goes in and talks about you know, really about the branding aspect of it. And he describes your brand as a full body, right? It has the arms, it has the legs, it has, you know, all the limbs and the extremities. You can have the same features from behind, but when you see somebody, you're going to see their face. And when you see their face, that is the brand. So that's the first thing that you'll be able to really distinguish is when your brand and your face right? That's what's recognizable. So all the content that you're, all the content that you're going to be putting out, right? Think of it as in front of somebody else's face. Is it a representation of you and your real estate? Is it a representation of you as who you are and what you want to be putting out there? So always really be careful about what you're putting out there, what you're portraying, and whether it's representation of you, of who you want to be putting out there, and what you want as a company. Josh also goes in to talk about setting clear goals for your content, not just to create content, to create content, but to really have a goal. And when you have a goal, you'll have a well-articulated end result. So those are some of my key takeaways. I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. So let's jump into it and welcome Josh to the show. What's going on, man? It's good to be on. Yeah, man. I'm so glad to finally have you on. So I know we talked a little bit on the uh, before we started recording the call, and I wanted to let you know, and we've been talking about it, that Real Estate Journeys is you know for new real estate investors that are looking to grow their brand and their business. And I know so many people struggle, especially in this day and age, about brand and content. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. Can you give us a little bit of a bit about your background and how you got into it, what is branding, how we get started, that whole jazz? Yeah, absolutely. So let me give you a little bit of a background to um, my real estate um, kind of experience first, then I'll lay the groundwork to 
kind of my credibility to be able to talk about this, I guess, specifically to people in the real estate industry. Uh, so I've been in the real estate investing industry specifically uh, for about six years now. So it was I'm going to be 20, 26 this this week. So I'm um, not sure when this is going out, Matthew, but it's uh, <laughs> July 19. So so anyway, so I got into it when I was right at about 19, going on 20, um, which is actually a really good age for somebody to get started into this industry. Um, so I, I just missed the, the 08 crash and all that. So I was able to get in, but I've seen a couple of cycles. So when I first started, HUD was really hot and especially in our neck of the woods, which I'm in Northwest Indiana. And I was a part of a company in 2016 that bought and sold 300 uh, deals in one year in this Midwest area. And so, and most of those deals were from HUD. And then over the past couple of years, it's just dried up. And as you all probably know, deals have dried up across the country anyway, um, not just HUD, but almost everything. Yeah. So um, I've, I've been able to see a couple of not full cycles like 08, but you know, you know, that kind of a smaller cycle. Um, so I've, I started off doing like bandit signs, Craigslist postings, cold calls, acquisitions, closing sales, almost, almost anything that you can imagine pre-looks and all that good stuff. I have wholesaled a couple of deals on my own, um, flipped one house on my own and will never, ever do that again. I strongly dislike it, but currently, um, as for the investing, I'm, I'm just doing lending right now. So I love private lending. I think it's awesome. I have a full media business that I have to run. So if I, am managing or if I, if I, you know, go and try to buy a couple rentals and do flips and wholesales and stuff like that, I'm not going to be focused on my media business and growing that right now. Um, but in the future I am going to be, you know, owning some assets. So, uh, that kind of lays the groundwork for my past with the, the real estate investing industry. I've helped build, um, a mastermind that's specifically for real estate investors. I've hosted, um, I'm, I am actually the host of a podcast called the good success podcast. I've interviewed about 200 real estate investors. And it's uh, awesome. I love doing it. Um, so as for my media business specifically, I've always been a creative. I've always been into media in some way, shape or form. Um, and since I was about 14 years old, I started doing graphic designing and just started kind of doing it as a little bit of a side hustle, a little extra cash on the side throughout high school. And then, um, you know, obviously I've, I've had it as a side hustle the past few years. And then the, the beginning of this year, it started ramping up big time and enough to where I decided that I was able to go full-time in into my own media business. And so that's where I'm at today. And uh, I'm absolutely uh, loving it. And I am actually only focused into the real estate industry. So I work with real estate investors, agents, and influencers mm -hmm. um, producing content, which is like video. I do podcast production as well for some people. Mm -hmm. And then specifically branding and uh, logo design. So mm -hmm. that's the that's the groundwork there, Matthew. What? Uh, yeah, that, that's great. Great groundwork. So, what made you? Uh, what point did you realize you could start scaling this and take it to the next level? Right about a month before I went full time into my into my business, I had been thinking about it for a little bit. And long story short, I actually got married in October of last year, and. At about August of last year, I decided like, hey, this is getting really overwhelming. I was working 16-hour days, 16, 17, sometimes 18-hour days, seven days a week. And it was just really rough. Like I was helping grow this, this other startup, this other uh, mastermind. I was an operations director for them. And so I dialed it back in August of last year. And then just for some reason, out of nowhere, in December of uh, 2018, it started ramping back up again. I didn't do anything. I didn't put any marketing out there, nothing. And I started getting people saying, Hey, I need a brand design. Hey, I need 
you know, some, some videos produced and that kind of thing. And so then right at about the beginning of February, I was like, I need to make this happen. So I just decided I'm going to make it happen. And so I figured, what does Josh need to do? Because now Josh is married. So he's got yeah, to now Josh sure. is married. Now Josh is married. <laughs> now Josh is married. So he's got to make sure yeah, so <laughs> the pressure's even more on. So I got to make sure that I'm, you know, providing for my wife from, you know, my family now. And so before that, I was, it was just me. It was just little me and you know, whatever. Um, but I decided like, hey, how many clients do I need on a consistent basis to replace my income, which was a good income. And I figured that out, figured that number out. And I had that number a week before I actually went full time into my media business. And I was like, man, this is real. This is awesome. And uh, decided to go. And then March 1, I went full time. And I set a goal for the end of the year to reach a specific number of clients and um, the income coming in. And I actually reached that goal within a week of going full time. So um, I had to set new goals. But anyway, that's, that's kind of how it happened, you know? So can you speak? Uh, well, first off, congratulations on that. That's, uh, that's very admirable. I, I recently got married in November of last year, too. So Oh, congratulations, I, I, man. Yeah, I could speak on behalf like, oh, wow, before it was just me. Now it's like, oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole new ball game, man. Yeah. And we're expecting our first kid in January, too. So awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's let's step up to the big leagues now. Mm-hmm. But on side note, so can you speak a little bit about what is a brand? Like, what is a brand? Yeah. So a brand, a lot of times people think it's, you know, it's only specifically the, the logo, the aesthetics. So the logo, the, the colors, the fonts, the, the graphic elements and, and your website and that kind of stuff. And that, yes, that's all true. All of it is. Mm-hmm. But when you look at a brand, you got to look at it as the full piece, right? So I look at a brand as a body. So your body has, you know, arms, legs, obviously a chest, a heart, the organs, the head, the brain, all this stuff. So you got to look at it as your whole organization is your body. So left, left arm might be sales, right arm might be operations, left leg finance, um, you know, just so on and so forth. A brand is the face, right? So when you look at somebody's face, you know, maybe someday if I, if I meet Matthew in person and I don't know if you're going to be wearing your glasses or not, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to still recognize you, but, um, you know, someday when I meet him in person, I'm going to walk up to him and say, Hey, Matthew, how's it going, man? It's finally good to meet you in person. And I'm going to recognize him by his face because of the features, right? Even if somebody, you know, right next to him has the exact same body build, he's the same height, same weight, everything, same hair color. I'm going to recognize him by his face. And so a lot of, a lot of companies need to make sure that that face is first of all, original it's timeless and it's different. Um, and that face is the aesthetics. That's the logo. That's the colors, the, 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 the fonts, the graphics and all that stuff. Um, so the full brand is your operational, just everything about your company, but the actual brand, the looks is the face. And the reason why it's important is because you want to be recognized, right? And the problem that I see a lot of times with people in the real estate investing industry is that they, They're you know, and, and well, right, right. Like they don't have something that's different. Thank and you. I met a lot of, I've, I've met a lot Thank of real estate you. investors that really are crushing it and they have a generic looking logo. Maybe they got it off Fiverr or 99designs and I'm not going to bash that or anything, 
I know that you worked hard terrible. to build around that. <laughs> it's terrible. I've got I've gotten myself in trouble one time to by doing that. So I got to be careful. Okay, you know? this is my show. It's terrible. It's garbage. Right? I'm glad you're on here, and I'm gonna keep it real. It's garbage. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'll make it happen. I'll let you do it, man. Yeah, but no, the bottom I'm, line is. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, the, well, well, I was gonna say the bottom line is that if you want to stand out from the pack, which we all know that the real estate investing industry is very, very saturated, especially depending on what market you're in. I mean, if you're in the Dallas or you're in, um, you know, Memphis or Atlanta, you, mm-hmm. you got to stand out. You got to be different. And one of the biggest ways that you can make that happen is by having a good, solid brand, the aesthetics, the looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you might be crushing it, but why not crush it more? Mm-hmm. And when you said you said timeless and being original and one of and I'm, I'm not trying to act like i'm an expert by any means but i think one of the things that i'm working on and i'm kind of staying true to myself is like i don't want to mold to the uh ideal stereotypical real estate investor of you know passive income for real estate investors and then the music plays and yeah. it's like some little bit marginally better than some church bell music which is like <laughs> you know non-monetizable like or i'm sorry not monetizable uh non-copywritten like you can use and then it goes into this boring like oh yeah it, it it drives me crazy and so i think it's easy to be just blend in and when you're saying be timeless like how would you be timeless how how, how would you go about being timeless well, a good example, and I don't like, <clears throat> I honestly don't like using like big organizations as comparisons because you got to also remember that, so I'll mention Apple, right? So Apple is, that's timeless. It's a timeless logo because it's just an apple, the shape of an apple. Now it may refresh from, you know, time to time. So every 15, 20 years, but the goal is to have something that you're not going to have to change. And if you do not change much. So you know, if you if you go back and look at one of the first logos that Apple had, it was like a rainbow inside that apple. Mm, but then, yeah. then they eliminated the apple, um, and now you don't even see the word Apple anywhere on any of their products, hardly at all, unless you're looking really hard on the box or whatever. But on their actual product, on the phone, on the MacBooks, there's no there there is no words Apple on there, um, and that's timeless. the The reason is is because of the aesthetic of it. It's very simple, very clean looking. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have like the, the, I always think of the, um, the, the, the paper cups from the nineties that had like the teal and purple scribbles on them. Um, like that's not a, that's not a timeless color scheme. It's, it's nineties. It's stamped in that nineties. Um, and so making sure that it's timeless is, is very important. But what I was going to actually preface with is that I don't like using those big organizations as examples, but they're good examples. Um, and one of the reasons is just because, you know, they've spent millions upon millions of dollars into educating people on what their brand and logo is. But the principle is still the same. The the principle is still the same when it comes down to being timeless is that you don't want something that's going to, you know, maybe it looks in trend today. Maybe, you know, you have those skyscrapers that have like the the silver gradient that goes across them, making it look shimmering or whatnot. That might be popular today, but is it going to be popular two, three years from now? So that's really what timeless means. Mm. So when you're developing your brand and you're putting the body, body parts together, is it okay if you don't have everything figured out? 
Oh, absolutely. You got to start somewhere. Everybody starts at zero. Like that's, I always tell people this when I'm, when I'm producing their content for them, because I'm dealing a lot of times with the business owners and I'm, I'm a business owner myself. Right. And I have that visionary kind of like aspect to me. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I establish is like, what is your goal for this content? And because I've had where I posted, you know, I produced videos and then the, the, the company posts them and they're like, Hey, we didn't get a hundred thousand views in the first week. And I'm like, you got to start at zero, man. Like this is your first video that you posted. Um, so it's not, you're not going to be able to dump millions of dollars into your Apple logo for people to recognize it. So you got to start somewhere. And I think, you know, a lot of people do start with the Fiverr logos, which, Hey, that's, that's a, actually a really good place to start because they're going to give you a aesthetically and technically correct logo look. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the problem is, is that with, when you go to Fiverr 99 designs, the designer is you, you, where's the camera? You. <laughs> so the designer is you. Um, and that's the problem is that when you go to the dentist, you don't, you don't tell the dentist how to put the crown in. He's the professional. You're going to trust him to do it. So what I would encourage you with is that if you are going to go with some of those websites to have the logos designed, let them be the designer, let them do the professional work, let them um, give you what you need. And that's, that's the bottom line for it. But to answer your question, Matthew, like you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I would rather somebody get a logo from Fiverr than not have one at all and yeah. just get hung up on that. Mm-hmm. I think that's more important. And yeah. the execution of it is a lot more important. Yeah. See, I'm, I, what I'm trying to think of is, so I work at, for a real estate private equity company. We specialize in acquiring large multifamily units and you know, syn- syndicate, the syndication model and people buying large apartments. Like everybody wants to buy multifamily apartments right now. Yeah. And one of the things that I don't know if I'm struggling with, but I'm trying to like figure out and reverse engineer is, is a lot of the companies are kind of doing the same thing. You know, they're like 70, 30 split, 8% preferred rate of return. You know, you or you, Josh might be, you know, looking at New York and I might be looking at Los Angeles, right? We're looking at two different markets, but it's the exact same thing. Kind of the same built company. How would you differentiate yourself as far as between another company's similar product, just to focus on your team or how would you go about developing that as far as, far as like a brand is concerned? So we're going to go a little bit further away from the actual design because like, you don't want to put in real estate terms, you don't want to put lipstick on a pig, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that, that's the bottom line. You could, you could spend $40,000 on an incredible looking brand and have an, you know, a lip and cut or um, some big, you know, branding Thanks. agency give you a design. But at the end of the day, if your brand as a whole, if your whole body is not functioning, if your kidneys yep. aren't working, if your heart is not working right, if, um, you know, you have a dislocated shoulder or whatever it is, like you have to make sure that they're all working in tandem with each other. And the, and the thing that you guys need to recognize is that whether you have employees or contractors, like facing, facing your customers, customers don't care if they're a contractor or an employee. So Mm -hmm. the bottom line is that making sure that you are hiring correctly because those people are going to represent your brand Uh is important to understand. So if a contractor is on a job and is pissing off the next door neighbor because he's too loud, or maybe he's throwing dirt on this neighbor's yard or whatever, 
that doesn't go on the contractor. That goes back on your brand. That goes back on you. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you are keeping all of that in line with each other. And that really is what differentiates you from somebody that is doing the exact same thing you are, um, giving the better customer service, better sales, better, better deals. Like that's highly important too. um, better rate of return, you know, all all this stuff, just better for your clients, better for your customers. Mm. Um, And that is really what makes you stand out. And it's weird coming from somebody that, is, you know, a brand designer and I'm going to kill a spider real quick, but that that's the bottom line is that from a designer, but somebody's also been in operations for a, a, a company, the operations is more important than the design look, because mm. again, not, you don't want to put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Um, you can yeah. and it'll make you look good for a second, but then yeah. once that lipstick rubs off, yeah. One of the, you're done. One of the, one of the things that I, I'm, I'm starting to do now is, uh, I'm on other people's email listings and I'm kind of walking through their user experience or their funnel. So like I'll receive an email and I'm like, okay, I'm an investor. Like I'm getting this email. Like, do I think this is professional? And, you know, coming, coming, uh, I have, I have a, uh, a background with like video editing and film editing and acting. So I'm like very technical and driven. So I think yeah. that like plays into like a lot of my, I'm like, am I being too over analytical here? Am I just like a normal right. investor? And I think, you know, walking yourself through the experiences and like you're saying the operations, like that's a good way to be, uh, distinguish yourself from, you know, other syndicators and other sponsors. And, you know, especially, you know, in real estate, like people talk. And so if you're able to have a nice process going from filling out the initial form, you know, good CRMs, you have content out there, they like you, they know you, they trust you. And then that's kind of like what you're saying is establishing your brand and credibility. And I, and I, and I'm not an expert on this by any means, like I'm glad you're here, but I, like I always tell people is, you know, get started. You know, if you start posting a blog, like, that's credibility in itself. And if you look back on it, whoa, Josh has been writing blogs since 2016. Okay. He's not a fly by your pants media guy that just started this last week. So that's what I always try and kind of tell people is start establishing credibility for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I was going to mention, I love, I love the fact that you use the term user experience because that's like really in a nutshell, what it's wrapped into is user experience is really what your brand is all about. If you give good user experience and better than your, your, you know, competition or people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, then you're going to stand out. Word of mouth gets around very quickly, but I'm not, I don't want to discount the fact that, you know, the actual aesthetics of your brand, the content you're putting out. So the logo and all that stuff, that's really what attracts people to you. If they're not hearing, you know, if, if Joe down the street says, um, to Mike, Hey, this company does good repairs on houses and they are, you know, reputable company. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about referrals. I'm talking about a cold lead, right? Somebody that just found you, the brand, the looks, the aesthetics, the content that you put out, that is going to be attractive to them. So, you know, for instance, let's use it when you're, when you're dating a girl for the first time, right? What, what drew you to her? More than likely, it probably wasn't that her heart rate was doing well, right? <laughs> it was the fact that she was pretty. She had a pretty face. She had, you know, good looks. And that's what attracts you to her. Now, you might get down the road 
and you might be dating her and three dates in, you find out that she is a complete jerk and that she is not nice at all. She's mean, she's controlling. That is the lipstick on a pig, right? Or even worse, that she, you take the makeup off and she's just straight ugly, right? <laughs> um, I'm trying to get away from that. Um, but anyways, but that's, but that's a good analogy. And that is what, you know, it still matters. It's going to attract you. But the important thing is the execution and continuing that user experience and continuing to let them hold on. Because if you can pair a great brand with a great user experience, so the actual aesthetics with the great user experience, then you've got them locked up. Like they're not going to go anywhere. So that's, they're both important, but I would say that the user experience is the first thing you want to establish. Mm-hmm. And then the brand is on top of that because you want to establish where you're going with the brand too. Mm-hmm. So, And then what form of content do you see uh, being advantageous for real estate investors that you're helping them produce? Is it blogs, video form, podcasts? Um, what kind of content would that be? There's an answer for, there, there's about three different answers, I would say. If you asked me that question about five years ago, I probably told you blogs because real estate education is huge right now, but a lot of people are going towards the podcasts. Like podcasts are exploding right now. Um, but podcasting is not, it's, it, it can be for everybody to listen to, but it's not for everybody to actually do. So if a person that does fix and flips comes to me and says, Hey, I want to start a podcast or let, let's just use wholesalers because that's kind of the foot in the door for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. If a, if a wholesaler comes to me and say, Hey, I want to start a podcast. I'm going to probably look at him and say, what are you going to talk about? And if it's not you being an influencer and teaching and educating, then don't start it. But if you're trying to bring leads in the door, um, for your wholesale deals, right? It depends on your goal. That's the important thing is depending on your goal. So your goal needs to line up with what content you put out. And if you're trying to attract more leads, if you're trying to get more people to get you deals, I think video is the way to go. Video is still king right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Podcasting is coming up quick. Audio in general is coming up quick. Um, But I don't think it's close to video right now. I think video is by far the the most consumed uh, type of content right now. And it will be for a while, I, I believe. So video is still huge. No matter what you're doing, video is like number one that you need to be doing video. If you don't like doing video, then you can always choose blogging or you can always choose writing a book or doing a podcast. It all depends on A, there's two things. Number one is what is your goal? So you got to establish your goal. Is your goal to get a million subscribers on YouTube? Okay, well, you got to go after that and cool. Is your goal to close 10 deals a week? You got to go after that. And don't worry about if you get 10 views on your video. If you're closing 10 deals a week, that's what matters more. Um, so one is establishing your goal. Two is self-awareness. Self-awareness is what, do I, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What do I not enjoy doing? I've dealt with far more people that hate being on video that actually like being on video. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to deal with people like that. And so I push them more towards writing. I push them more towards audio. And there's always something out there for you to do. So you got to figure those two things out. Goal and then you got to chase, you know, if your goal is to acquire a million subscribers on YouTube, then, well, you got to be posting YouTube videos, right? That's what you got to do. But if your goal is to, um, you know, close more deals, then it might be you putting out videos and running ads on those videos of telling your customer base how you can help them out of their distress situation, how you can help solve their problem and buy their house from them. Mm. So it's not really a straightforward answer, Matthew. 
it, it, I, I feel like person. I feel like it never is with the the branding and the marketing and figuring everything out. Like entrepreneurism, like there is no clear cut answer. Uh, one of my one of my mentors, uh, one of my podcast mentors, I was speaking with him and I was you know telling him about you know he's like, well, what are you doing to market? And I was telling him, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I was posting on Facebook. He's like, well, how's Facebook working out for you? And I was like, oh, terrible. And he's like, yeah, well, think about it. You know, I forget the statistics, what he said, but I'll just say like, you know, there's three mil, whatever, billion users or whatever it is on Facebook. And of those, you know, there's 22 million that listen to podcasts. So when you post on Facebook about a podcast, you have to get somebody that's consuming Facebook content already to be a podcast listener to click over yep. to discover it. And he's like, the odds of you finding it are very like slim to none. So right. I find that, you know, very interesting. What you're saying is talking about goals are concerned. And I also was reading- a lot of technical. Well, there, well there, real quick, let me capitalize on it. There's yeah. a lot of technical things that you have to dive into when you, once you pick your content, right? You can't just throw a blog on a WordPress website and expect, you know, hundred thousand people to go click on it right away there. You have yeah. to, you have to execute well. So that, that there's technicalities behind each type of content you're going to do. Yeah. And then perfect. I was also, I was also reading about, uh, like, branding and whatnot and it was saying uh about developing like the senses so you know you have audio you have vis like visuals so the more senses and the touch points that you can have the better it's going to be for your brand and that's where the repositioning of the content comes in so if you have a podcast you can record it like this you can put a little snippet of it on repurpose it put it on instagram so there's one right. your right. tweetable quotes it's another one uh Blah, 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 blah. Would you say repurposing uh, content and figuring that out is a art in itself as well? So I actually, I, um, I, I speak around the country to several different places where um, I actually teach this model, which is the, it's kind of the, Gary Vaynerchuk's the one who made it famous, yeah. but it's the uh, macro micro content model, or yeah. I also the pillar micro content model. And I 1000% am on board with that because I think that, you know, you have a pillar piece of content, which this is the podcast right here, right? Yeah. So this is going to be 45 minutes long, let's just say. Yeah. So out of those 45 minutes, you could probably snip out about 60 to 100 other pieces of content, whether it's quote graphics, whether it's infographics, short videos, short podcasts, I mean, blogs, have them transcribed. There's just, and then you could, you know, peel stuff out of that. And then there's just, a million different things that you can do with it. I strongly believe in it and then curating it specifically for the platform. So for instance, if you're going to post a video to Facebook, if it's a shorter video, it either needs to be square or vertical. You don't want to put it in landscape because you want to fill up as much of the screen as possible. So there's a lot of technicalities behind that, yeah. but I strongly believe in that. And I teach, uh, you know, and in fact, if you, if your listeners want to, if they can, if they want to email me, Josh at color media.com, C U L L E R actually have a webinar that I ran that taught this entire model. Um, it's about a two hour webinar. So if you guys want it, I'll send you the videos mm. just for being on the yeah. show. No, for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let me ask you, maybe this is a self-fulfilling question. So if you have the podcast and you're start and you want to do the micro content, how do you not like, how do you, how do you, how do you delineate that? How do you like, you know what I'm saying? How do you like uh, make it smooth sailing? You know, if you're like, okay, you have it, the pillar piece of content and you want to go micro and then you want to create a little blog and then you want to create the tweetable quotes and then you want to, uh, you know, you want to do four different things from, stemming off from that, transcribe it 
And then let's say you have three or four episodes a week. How, how, how do you keep that up? <laughs> that's the magic trick, but that's why, <laughs> that's why people normally that have done this stuff the longest are the ones who have the most attention. Mm -hmm. Um, there are those people that win the lotteries and they, you know, go viral a couple of times and then they grow their audience super quick. But the ones typically that have the biggest, you know, podcast listeners, um, base, the most subscribers on YouTube, uh, you know, whatever it is, or the most likes on Facebook, those are the people who have typically kept up the longest and have been the most persistent. Now, that being said, that's one of the reasons why, and I'm not going to try to self-promote myself or anything, Matthew, on here. That's why you're here, my friend. That's why you're here. (laughs) <laughs> one one of the things that I established with my business was that that fact that as a business owner, you have to wholesale deals. You got to flip houses. You got to do whatever it is that you got to do on your daily operations. In order to create content like that, it takes a lot of energy and time to make it happen. So A, if you don't have somebody that's actually doing it for you, more than likely because you're running another business, you're probably not going to do it. Um, and that's a challenge, but it's also a, it's a fact, right? I, uh, the business owners that I work with, I visit them once a month for a full day. We block out a full day and we, you know, so some of these people, they're doing the videos, um, that we post on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff. And it's this macro micro content model. And we block out one day out of the month and we load up an entire amount of content in eight hours. That's going to be enough for the rest of the month. So one day out of the month, eight hours out of the month, they have for an entire month of content. So the tip that I would give you is to block out one day a month okay, and lock in all this content. Now, there's, t- there's two types of content that you could do. You could either document or produce. The, the type that I'm talking about is producing where you're actually planning what you're doing. Documenting is a lot. It's easier to do, but it's harder to keep up with. Because you forget about stuff. You, you're in a meeting that you, you know, has content that you could um, possibly post on Instagram or Facebook. And you're like, man, that's awesome piece of content. That's, that's an awesome you know, five minutes that I just spoke out or whatever. But I forgot to record it, right? But that could go on Facebook. That could be documenting something that's already happening that's not pre-planned. Uh, maybe you're sitting down mentoring somebody and you give them a good tip on something. Um, but the production of it, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to have lights, camera action. It could just be your cell phone and a little tripod that you have on your cell phone. You record some videos or whatever it is. Um, but planning is a big piece of keeping consistent with that. If you don't plan your stuff out and you're not prepared for that and keeping your processes in place for it, then you're just not going to do it because you have another business to run. It's part of the reason why I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I don't actively invest in real estate. It's because I got a business I got to run and grow. And if I'm focusing on something else that is that, then it's going to take my attention away from it. It's going to take my time away from it. And that's going to hurt me in the long run both ways because I'm not going to be fully focused on either or. Um, so if you, if you can, if you have the capacity to do it yourself, then do it. If not, then find somebody that can actually make it happen for you and hold you accountable to get that content out. And when you're saying uh, one pillar, so let's say you're not recommending that most people, you're not recommending to have like pillars being like, I'm going to focus on YouTube and I'm going to focus on podcasting and I'm going to focus on blogging. You're saying like, have one, build one out and have it flow from there. Correct. Or should it, or should you kind of focus on all of them? 
again, it depends on what your goals are. Like if your goal is to grow a YouTube channel, then you should only, you should be posting your full content, your full pillar content on YouTube, but you can be posting micro content to push people to that YouTube channel or same thing for a podcast. If you're trying to build a podcast, then you don't want to be putting up that full podcast in the, you know, in, in Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also putting that full podcast on Facebook and YouTube, because then you're spreading out your audience. Um, so, but what you can do is post that full podcast and distribute it to all the podcast platforms and then take little snippets of micro content out of that post that on YouTube and Facebook and say, Hey, you want to listen to the rest of this? Go to my podcast. I know a lot so, of people just take their full podcast and just throw it up on uh, YouTube right? and you can't, and it depends. Like if your goal, again, if your goal yeah. is to, okay, so let me just give you an example. The podcast that I host, the Good Success Podcast, it's a real estate investing podcast. The goal for that is to get people to join the mastermind. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter where the podcast goes. Yes, yeah. we want to grow the channel. Yes, we want to get, um, get, get the show monetized and all that good stuff. We want to make sure it grows. But at the same time, if we're getting people to join the mastermind out of that podcast, it's just a marketing channel is all it is. But there's people out there that, that their main business is a podcast. I mean, you look at guys like um, John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneurs on Fire. Like His main gig is the podcast. If that podcast isn't growing, he's not making money. Yeah. Um, so he has to focus on that. But it just depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to grow the channel, only focus on that and then post micro content to other platforms directing people back to the channel. But if your goal is to close more deals, who cares where you post it? Just go wherever your audience is going to be at. Mm. Go where the audience is, set the goals. I love it. Well, all right, let's close it out with the uh, closing three questions. First question is what is your favorite book to regift? Oh, can I, can I like take five seconds to grab it real quick? Okay. I'm going to grab it. Gotta go. All right. Let's see here. Okay. No, that's the four-hour work week. That's not what I <laughs> Here it is. Okay. Okay. Sorry, guys. All right. So this is the book right here. It's um, so I'm a, I'm a Christian, born again Christian. Um, this is called The Richest Man Who Ever Lived. It is about King Solomon's um, secrets to success, wealth, and happiness. Uh-huh. It's by Stephen Scott. So this follows the Book of Proverbs in the Bible, and um, it is absolutely like life-changing book. There's very few books that I have read. That is a life-changing book, and this is one of them. Um, King Solomon in today's money would be worth in north of the like hundred trillions of dollars. Wow! And this book really complements the Book of Proverbs and dissects it a little bit more and talks about that. I I believe this is more of a um like a biblical think and grow rich type book. Yeah. But I absolutely love it. I think it's an amazing book, and I regift it as much as I can. So that's the one. Love it. Second question. If you were to give a TEDx talk, what would it be on and why? Gratitude. Because it is the lifeblood of my happiness. Um, I believe, I don't, I don't care what you say, Matthew, I'm the happiest person on the face of the planet right now. Um, and it is all because I keep things in perspective with gratitude. It is by far the biggest, the biggest point that I would give, especially Americans, especially people that have it good in America. I've been on a couple of missions trips. I got back from one, um, last month in Jamaica and we were not in Montego Bay. We were in Kingston, a very, very, um, poor city and, in the, um, the, the slums of that place and gratitude, 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 gratitude. Traveling definitely humbles you. 
Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Third question. What is a pain point or weakness you face right now in your business? I would say if, if you asked me that a month ago, it would have been, I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so I hired somebody full time, uh, the beginning of this month and they've taken a big load off my shoulders. I would say that the pain point would be time management, Hmm. time management for myself. Cause I get distracted very easily. And I've been working on that a lot. Actually, Zach, the one who introduced us, we get on these calls every, every week. And he, um, gave me some really good tips on keeping my, my time management, you know, I'll start working on one project and then I get a call and then I don't go back to the project and I start to another one, you know, it's just that kind of thing. So that's, that's personal, but it, it affects my business. It really does. Um, when I get distracted. So that's, that's a big pain point right now. Time's the biggest asset, right? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Josh? Uh, you can just email me, josh at colormedia.com. Color spelled C-U-L-L-E-R. So josh at colormedia.com. Or you can go to my website, color.media. Awesome. Love it. Josh, thank you so much for dropping as much knowledge on this podcast as possible. I know I've learned a lot and I hope everybody listening will be able to help take their brand and their business to the next step. Josh, we'll catch you on the next go around, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to catch more content about real estate and living an independent lifestyle, please head on over to Instagram and follow me at Matthew Baltel. Peace.